episode of On Tilt. I'm Smetter. Gentlemen, say hello. Hi. Hi. And your, hello. And, and your names. Hello. Brandon Paperbat. No, you can't say both people's names. He's Brandon. I'm Paperbat. I'm Brad. a cute one. Brandon's the, well, he's there and Smetter's there as well. Well, so for those of you who've never listened to a podcast with us on it before, this is a different one from the one last time. We actually have a format, and that format is as follows. We are going to find a topic in video game or video game culture. We are going to get ourselves on tilt, a.k.a. mad, stick up the butt, whatever you want to call it. Oh, damn, I did the thing we said I wouldn't do. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and we're going to get mad about it, and by the end of the episode, hopefully we can get off tilt. We can find the brighter side, that, that nugget of goodness. We're going to make it... We're going to make ourselves feel better. We're going to lower our blood pressure, at least a little bit for you, Brandon. So um, th- this week, we're starting off on hard mode. I don't see me getting off tilt. All right. And what? why Why is that hard mode, Brandon? What is this topic? Because everyone fucking sucks. Okay, now what's the topic for the episode? Oh, we're going to be talking about game developers and their interactions within the communities that they intend to foster, whether it's esports, casuals. Are there other communities? Sonic. Uh, Sonic. You just named a, a, a character. Right. It's a community. I like the Sonic community. Tell us about the Sonic community. <laughs> yes. They're good. They don't put me on tilt. But we're talking about things that do put us on tilt. So mm. we're going to leave Sonic out of it. Where do we want to start? I think we want to start um, with something big. Let's start with the, the Riot Games, the League of Legends uh, World Championship prize pool from the last from last year. Okay, um, I think that actually leads into the Smite prize pool as well, because they're, sure. they're actually pretty similar arguments, um, except for the fact that League of Legends is 30 times as big and thus should have a 30 times bigger prize pool. And but, not in Atlanta. Right, but I mean, a, a big part of this is that there's no transparency from Riot whatsoever, right? They're basically saying, this is how much Worlds is worth, these are the contracts, and if you want to play our game, you have to sign all these things, and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And the prize pool in particular was embarrassingly low for what we... Uh, for what we know the size of the League of Legends community is, because it is super massive. I think it's bigger than... Uh, I'm just going to say NASA. That's not a fact. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> it could be. We don't know. I would imagine so. Uh, I believe the prize pool um, was somewhere... was capped. What was it capped at? I'm looking at... 2.1, right? $2.1 million split between 16 teams. And if you know anything about how math works, it's not a lot of money for first not. place. I mean, especially considering if you watched that tournament, the amount of money that went into their production must have been in the tens of millions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just, just press alone probably close uh, cost close to that. The stadium was incredibly large. The lights were incredibly flashy. Yes, they sold tickets and probably made something back, but there, there's there's no way that this should have been a $2 million turn. Yeah, that's actually insane because like when you consider how much that actually costs, like I'm sure – oh, wow. That, that that's beyond insane. I never considered it that way. I was like, it costs more to produce than it does to just have prizes. Uh, but this past championship, Riot decided to change their formula. Um, they added a transaction, like um, in-game items where a portion of the transaction would go towards the prize pool, and that raised $6.7 million. And this leads us to the point on why this is aggravating, because there was no clarity on this until the community spoke up and said, what is this? This is bullshit. Um, there's more money in like local tournaments. I mean, that's probably not true. No, but that's that's an not true anywhere. <laughs> alternative sure. facts. It's all, uh, yeah, it's alternative it facts. So the community spoke up and they got this uh, this price pool increase, and they did it through crowdfunding, and they did it with like in-game icons. They did it with uh, not with skins, right? Mm. Or uh, some I'm of the skins. Not a hundred percent sure. Because they only do skins for the championship teams. There's right. no like just. Whatever skins, no team skins. But I mean, still, they they raised almost seven million dollars instantly. 
Yeah. And by the way, this is after Dota doing their crowdfunded tournament. Million dollars. Yeah, for like like think three years in a row. Yeah. yeah. At least it, it was insane. Three. I think it, it's with the, with the compendium. Yeah, and I bought I think every year's because it was just fantastic. Do you Which think? Is, I mean, and that by the way, that's weird. But considering Smite in their first World Championships did that, and they raised two million dollars for like mm-hmm. the third. It was like the third biggest mobile at the time. It was super small in comparison to either of the the powerhouses that are you know Riot or Valve. They still raised two million dollars. The next year, they didn't do that same crowdfunding. They lost all forms of transparency. The prize pool was only a million dollars, and then this year it was less than a million dollars. The prize pool was three hundred thousand yeah. dollars until the community flipped the fuck out. Can you walk us through how that went down? The community flipped the fuck out, and Hi-Rez went, "All right, like fine," <laughs> and then added like five hundred grand to the prize pool. No, why do you th- why do you think companies do this? Right? Why do they mask the prize? Do they not they not want us to know how much money they make off of crowdfunding? I mean, the, that- well, the the first year. They used what what Smite called the Odyssey. It was just like a series of skins and like ward skins and different in-game products right. you could buy. And they took a portion of that. I think it was like a dollar per every three dollars or something similar and said like we will put this towards the esports prize pool. And then the next year they just didn't do it. Probably because they sold a shit ton of stuff during the Odyssey. And yeah. I would imagine they did it again in season two and season three, but we just don't know where that money went. Because originally, that... this whole thing was designed specifically for esports to get money. Yeah, is that um? Do you think it's dishonest of them to like do the Odyssey for the prize pool and next year? Like, oh, the Odyssey, and not say anything about the prize pool. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say it's dishonest. I mean, they're not they're not yeah. lying about it. They're upfront. They're like saying, hey, this is this is just skins by skins. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I think it's really dishonest that people spend money on skins anyway. What you love skins? Why? I hate skins. That's not true. You say it's dress up, but everyone loves skins. It's just internet dress up. Like you're just That's playing fine. The Sims. Yeah, I click so, like board games. It, 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 collection. It's, I mean, it's exactly. It's it's like you know why do people board collect games are amiibos or you know things like that? Amiibos are resellable. They have so, a, a so, are, so, are, so are accounts, but it's not no. necessarily legal. Yeah. You can, they're no, resellable. It's, it's just not. Oh, it's, it's legal. It's legal. It's just against the terms of service. They can ban you for it. And I and know that high res takes that kind of shit seriously, as does Riot and everyone else. Yeah, they it will ban happens, you. Though. They this have no. It has no monetary value. It's pointless. <sighs> it's I, like I, if you are a stamp collector. Now think think about it. It's it's like if you are a stamp collector, but at the end of your time playing with the stamps, I don't know what they do. What do they just disintegrate? <laughs> they stick them all on. You one have to give them them. back to the government. Right. They're like, listen, you can either send a letter or we're going to take that book. No, it's okay. not motivated. It's not motivated by like account integrity. It's motivated by like, oh, they're selling that and we're getting none of the money. Let's put it this way then, Brandon. Buying, say buying customized shirts from your favorite streamer, right? You could just buy a regular plain shirt because it's just there for clothing, but you get a specific design on it because it's just, it's about personalizing. Yeah, but you could like you do things with that. Aside well, like from... dressing up yourself is different. No, I hate you both. I'm on <laughs> tilt. <laughs> Don't point at the camera. See what I did there? I'm on tilt. Don't do not point on the camera every time we say the podcast title. What what podcast title? Until uh, <laughs> no, but like I'm I'm just saying like I I know that Hi-Rez was under a lot of pressure to put more money in the prize pool, and I hope they go back to their their crowdfunding way because uh, obviously the compendium was first, but Smite had a lot of success, and it really gave us a sense of community. You know, season one we saw the prize pool on the front page getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and at the time. Obviously, it's not the same now, but at the time, that was the third biggest prize pool in esports history. 
That's incredible. And I understand that they wanted to try to take some of that money and give it to some of the lesser teams so that be able to take the game more seriously. But I'm in the camp that all those kids are fucking stupid. They don't stream. They don't create content. They barely show up to their practices. They offer nothing to the community at large aside from putting on slow, really kind of boring games because they barely practice as it is. So what the fuck are we giving them money for? It's, uh, wow. You <laughs> you got really quickly on tilt off that one. P-Bat, point! Well, you support the developers because making games isn't easy, and it's, it's no. It's I not, get that, it's but it's not like right? Smite's like dying for money right now. No, but like, how else are they going to make the money besides cosmetics? No, I mean, I'm fine with that. If people want to buy skins, let them go buy skins. Like, fine. But I mean, there should also be something given back to the community to tell the top team, like, hey, we told you back in June that this would be a million-dollar prize pool, and then six, seven months later, they say, oh, yes, first place gets 150 grand." Okay, now, Riot said the reason why their prize pool was low is because unlike other esports, they actually pay the players' salaries. Right. Um, would you rather that over a fat prize pool? Because that supports everyone getting in, not just the winners. That depends. In League of Legends, maybe even CSGO or Dota, then absolutely. Because you have enough viewer base and a player base to run a league where it's relevant. In Smite, barely anyone watches the Pro League. It's the same group of faces over and over and over. And the players that we're paying into these salaries aren't good enough, like as content creators and personalities to warrant these teams having such a space. Having a big tournament once in a while would spike viewership once a quarter and ensure that our name in Smite stays relevant because look how much money we're raising. I think that we're spending way, way too much money on player salaries and other crap. It's pointless. It's so not wait, for a game this size. The player salaries exist in Smite? They do. Okay. They must be They're very small. Then. They're okay. very small. Yeah, yeah. It was like $12,000 a year or something? Probably something towards that, if not a little bit less. Oh my, that is, that's actually upsetting. That's upsetting when you know how much money they're pulling in off cosmetics. Well, I mean, like, I don't know that these numbers are, like, it might be more than that. For yeah. the top players, it's definitely more than that. Sure. And I know they try to spread things around for the different players, but I'm pretty sure 12 grand sounds about right. Yeah, I would negotiation, too. If 12,000 was the over-under, I'd probably bet on under for the average. Ugh. I bet on under. I just feel like the players get, like, so screwed when it comes to their salaries in general, too. It's like... I. I've heard a discussion of other players getting contracts, things like that, and they're all like embarrassingly low. Even like part-time jobs pay more over the course of a year than like some like spots on professional teams or people who are putting in more hours than they would on a part-time job. And I feel like that they take advantage of kids to a certain extent with that because like, oh wow, a thousand dollars a month is a lot of money, but like uh, once that's taxed and like you start to get older, you realize it's like not a lot of money at all. Oh, and that's that's something that players don't consider. Every time I talk to a top player in any game where they're they're getting a good salary, and we're, a good salary is I would say from a team over a thousand dollars plus winnings on top of that. These kids are probably making between three and ten thousand dollars a month. I tell them every time you will be taxed heavily. Please make sure you're putting money aside. And every single time they argue with me, like, dude, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal. Like, trust me, it's it's not gonna be the yeah. 30 grand that you think it is. I'm like, all right, well, in three years when you get a letter in the mail from Uncle Sam saying not only do you owe us that 30 grand, but we're going to stack another 10 on top of that because the juice has been running, well, don't come to me. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the thing that most people do when they're younger, though. Like, the reason why I changed jobs because I wasn't able to save. And, like, I was like, ah, I'll just spend more money because I'm not going to make it. And then, because I'm always going to make more, rather. And then I finally needed the money. I realized, oh, this is what adult is like. Yeah. Oh. Uh. But both times for high res and for riot the community backlash was very heavy and things got changed mm -hmm. and i think that's important you know it, it shows that when the community as a whole speaks out about something there there should be some form of change and in this sense i mean 
you know, Smite said it would be a million dollars, and then it wasn't. And to be fair, even after they added that money, it technically wasn't a million dollars for all players involved because they stacked things in for certain regionals. But the Australian players that came through, their regionals did not equate plus the world's prize pool to a million dollars. So technically, they they never competed for the million dollars they were promised. That's pretty terrible. It's not great. Well, let's compare. Let's get away from money, for example. Like, let's move on to like what Overwatch did with their community. Um, it took seasons before like the competitive se- uh, the competitive format of Overwatch was set. Early on, there was like map bans. If you remember that, and like Blizzard did everything in their power to quash that because like I, I get why they did they- it, right? Yes, they did. I thought they the started- most recent tournament ran the map or without map bans. Uh, no, because they made mandatory maps. Right. Okay. That, that's that's the idea. They like you withhold funding, and that the tournaments have to be like fixed maps, which I am kind of in favor as a format. I think it's better for. I agree. More uh, it's healthier for the game. Yeah, because like we need to be able to like play on multiple maps. Yes, there's some level of banning maps because there's no bans in Overwatch, hmm. um, but like it's just cutting out a large percentage of the game, right? Because like different maps require different strategies, and therefore we want to see more strategy. It's good for players, it's good for spectators, and it's just good for the esport. But it took Blizzard like months of tournaments to do that. And it was because they withheld funding and you couldn't hold official tournaments, sanctioned tournaments. And it was just a complete shit show until finally they changed that. Well, there um, was a bunch of tournaments in the beginning being run by like Gosu Gamers and all these other yes. platforms. And then when the game finally came out, Blizzard just said, all right, fuck all that shit. We're running our own stuff and maybe the most important league of all time. And these are the rules. And while the community backlash was pretty heavy saying we don't want to run with these rules, I can say as a, you know, I'm not a, a great Overwatch player. I think I'm like no, you're not. Mid, a mid-diamond, right? Yeah. Like mid-diamond to me is saying like you are bad. If you are not a Grandmasters player, to me, you are a bad player. If you, you can't reach the tippy the top, you, I'm saying if you can't reach the tippy top, you shouldn't have an opinion on balance. But as a, a mid player, I can tell you this game is not Smash Brothers, where playing on a specific stage is going to completely change the way that the game should function. I mean, there's a very big difference between Rainbow Cruise and, like, a King of the Hill map like Ilios. Right. Rainbow Cruise, fuck that. I love Rainbow Cruise. What? Why? You're one of those people? Because I, I played Meta Knight. I had seven jumps. Oh, right. God, you're awful. But I can understand why they want to do it. The game is played... You know, these maps are built, and they say, you know, when you go into competitive, you have to play these these games. You have to play these modes. So I understand why they're they're forcing it. They want people to play the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. But you know what also sucks? It took them two fucking seasons to fix the, over, fix the overtime mechanics. Do you know about that? Yeah. I mean, Remember, yeah, like, it used to be just whole, always yeah. draws. Yeah. And it was really obnoxious, especially on certain maps where it was just, like, it was so cut and dry. Honestly, I'm, I'm glad they uh, replaced it with the distance pushed. Because, I mean, I figured that's what it should have been the whole time. And I'm surprised it wasn't that from the jump. I don't know how they, like, let that slip. I thought there was distance pushed on the payload maps, no? No. Not, not, till... not from the beginning of season, season, oh, season wow. two. Season it, two, I think. I, I must have black, blocked season one out of my mind. And then, Probably. like, even still after that, they did the thing where, uh, in overtime... Uh, it would just last forever, and like the spawns didn't change, and they dramatically up the spawns for season three for the defending teams. This way, like you would have to like fully, you wouldn't have to like fully team kill them to hold last point and two point capture, which is kind of shitty right now because it's quite terrible in this current state. Like second point on like Temple of Anubis is just like a people rushing at the damn point, and like you have to team kill them twice effectively. I feel like Blizzard, uh, maybe not even for the competitive community, but for the casual community, takes forever to like receive and like understand feedback and send it through 
because there's so much red tape and so many people to go through, it seems, that yeah. getting something fixed does take an entire season. They very rarely patch the game with small balance changes that seem necessary. I mean, everyone – I mean, I would say the probably the biggest dip in the player base is when the Mercy Meadow is just like, no one wants to deal with this. Mm. Yeah. Then they nerfed her, and they made her good again. <laughs> I mean, she's okay. She's in a good place now. I think she still needs some help, but that's besides the point. It's only because other healers outclass her. I feel like Blizzard gets carried – by the fact that their designers are probably the best designers in the world. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. And that's why I say, like, there's, I, I will always... Because people always ask me, like, you know, uh, oh, pre-ordering games is terrible because you never know if a game is going to be good. I always tell them, if it's like a Blizzard game, I know it's going to be a good game. I'm in there. How many times have you pre-ordered a Blizzard game? There's been, like, six. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> Expansions. Like, five of them. Except, all of them except World of Warcraft, really, because I hate World of Warcraft. But hey, Come on. World of Warcraft <laughs> is legitimately the best game ever made. Uh, okay. Would we say that? I mean, if you pay twenty dollars right now, the amount of content, the amount of lore that you get for twenty dollars is unbelievable. Where are you, you pulling twenty dollars from? Twenty dollars. If you pay twenty dollars, you could get Minecraft. And let me tell you, brother, Minecraft is endless content. Mine, there are movie. no additional costs. There's Minecraft no additional cost. movie. Minecraft. Sure check it out. YouTube.com/slash/paperbatvg. You could do anything in Wait, Minecraft. You bet. You did an emoji movie in Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was the, that was the plot of the new one, yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. It was poop, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that uh, it? I see what you did it? there. Yeah. Which knighted uh, Brit actor did you get to voice the poop emoji? Sir uh, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> this one. <laughs> can, wait, can women be knights? Uh, uh actually, what is the, there's a no there's a female term uh, term for knight, right? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna type into Google female knights. Female, because it's like because like, you know like the opposite because of there are no countess, right? because there is no female equivalent to a knight bachelor. Women are always appointed to an order of chivalry. Women who are appointed to the most noble order of the garter of the most ancient and most noble order of the thistle are given the title of lady rather than dame. So we're still talking about World of Warcraft thing? Because that sounded like super, super yeah, World of Warcraft. That was, that was $20 worth of knowledge right there. <laughs> Wait, also, Brandon, seriously, where did you get this $20 figure from? The no, you, subs- you buy WoW for 20 bucks. But you have to get the expansions. You don't ha- No, all the expansions except for Legion are $20. Yeah, that's a lot more money upfront cost, though. What? That's a lot more money. There's a, Sorry, it's a lot more money than $20 to get started. No, no, no. $20 gives you everything except for Legion. Yeah, but why would you want anything but Legion, the most recent stuff? I'm just saying, the amount of content that's in the game, are you kidding? Yeah, it's like it's like literally like 12 years worth of content. I think we're straying off topic a little bit. Who is, wait, who are you arguing for? I don't know. I don't know what I said that for. <laughs> I think we're straying off topic a little bit. No, I'm, so more until... I'm straight so far off. I'm in my camp. I'm sure, yeah, I'm in your camp. Um, I want to talk about the most tilting fucking people on the planet. Sure. Um, Trump's supporters? Zadiant. <laughs> uh, no. okay. Oh, jeez. Okay. I want to I start out by saying the calling – or well, let, let's start out by saying Lichdom was not very good. Let's start oh, out by saying if you guys want to listen to this next bit, you're going to want to take a seat. Yeah, yeah this, uh, lower this your volume. crazy. Okay, I thought we had enough shit on these guys to really, really dig in to begin with, but like, whew, fuck me up, man. This is about to get crazy. So I want to start out by saying that Lichdom Battle Mage was not very good. I enjoyed few, it. There was a few things about the game that would have been cool if they had listened to the community. But the guy who owns the place – and granted, I've never met him. Everything here is hearsay. Mm-hmm. The guy who runs the place, he is the founder, he is the CEO, and he is the creative director for all projects. This guy has the biggest ego I have ever seen in my life. 
I want to point out that at Hyra Studios, Erez is literally like a billionaire. He has a billion dollars, which means he could shut the studio down, fire everyone, and make games on his own if he wanted. And even he had much less say over the shit that goes on in the studio. From the people that I've talked to, whether it's you know defectors that left the studio and went to Hi-Rez or people that I've met at cons, everyone said that this guy is a fucking nightmare. And I kind of always taken that with a grain of salt because no one likes their boss. Right? right, like you, I like you me. So. Yes, yeah, there it is. We were ready for that together. That was wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the people that actually went up at high res uh, said something to me pretty recently. Um, and while that person had told me a lot of shit that went down, they had asked me to keep some of the specifics out because it could lead back to them. But one quote that I'm allowed to give is the most ridiculous statement. And if this is true, and again, this is coming from a source. Um, and I would love to hear Xavier's response to this because I, I just I can't imagine it. Before, but we're gonna we're gonna put, we're gonna shelf that for one second because I want to uh, just yeah, we should add on to say that the calling was one of the best games I have ever played in my entire life. Agreed. I, I absolutely agree. I remember me and you would play it like every single day for hours when it was long. I was I was doing ten hours a day. Yeah. For the first two weeks, like I just I couldn't stop. And it's not like a crazy story game, right? I used to sit and grind all day the same fucking pvp over and over and over nothing changed and i loved it and then patches came out and things got worse and balance changes got worse and it made the game slower and less fluid and much more blocky and then sometimes what what things did they do what time what things did they do that to strip away the the it's just mostly movement changes physics changes combat changes uh balance changes that made the game slower all of these things kind of piled on and piled on and piled on and from what i saw apparently the ceo wasn't involved with this game for like its entirety until the game was released once it was released and it got really popular apparently he started jumping in and that's when it got worse and then apparently he stepped in more which made it worse over and over and over until the game eventually was unplayable which most of the community will agree with which is why the player base went from an active 15,000 players a day down to like a thousand with a with a concurrent peak of a hundred and thirty. They had fifteen thousand concurrents at one point, and they went down to a hundred and thirty players. That is wow. unprecedented in six months, aside from Evolve. But that game sucked to begin with, and you're all stupid for buying it. Uh, Peabat, you want to you want to take a shot at Evolve? Sorry, Smatter's uh, Smatter's cursor on my face was really bothering me. Uh, um, um, I mean, Evolve. I had I I honestly like loved the idea because I love the whole like. Four versus not four concept. Like, I love Left 4 Dead. I remember playing that. I, I played the hell out of Left 4 Dead, both games. And I was really looking forward to Evolve because, like, the whole uh, asymmetrical uh, multiplayer games were really, really, like, up my alley. Like, I loved it. And yeah. I, that's why I love Dead by Daylight as well for a little bit at least. Um, but it's just, it, it's just, they're really hard to balance, especially if it's, like, pure multiplayer. You know, Fair the enough. way Left 4 Dead did it was, like, it was technically 4v4 because you had four of the zombies right. as yeah. well. But... When it's like four versus one, it is nigh impossible to actually make that fair for the one person. Doesn't I wouldn't matter say it's how nigh impossible. I'd say it's completely impossible. I, see, I wouldn't say completely though, because nothing's impossible. I mean, all right, kids. My current impossibility me. nothing is, that, is impossible. Believe in yourself. My current you know, impossibility is that there will never be another good Sonic game. <laughs> Whoa! That's not true. All right, where where you at? Sonic Mania. What the fuck. All right. Anyway, is so, that DDR? <laughs> One of the reasons that this game was so good was the combat was perfect, right? There were some glitches, but very much like Halo 2 or Super Smash Bros. Melee, I think the actual combat glitches made the combat better. And it gave a lot of depth to the game, a lot of mechanical skill. Um, and I, it kept going downhill 
over and over. Every patch made the game worse. Uh, most recently, they put a patch that encouraged you to literally never attack. If you attack, you lose. Because Wait, what, is it, what, is it, what was the change? All right, so if you block someone's attack, you become weakened, right? If you are weak, you listen, listen. If you are weakened, you do half damage. You can't, but if you block, part of their damage comes through your block and you don't apply the weakness debuff. So if you attack somebody and they block you, they can just kill you for free now. That's very stupid. So anyway, this quote, and I'm going to give you this quote, and I, I, I stared at my screen probably for 10 minutes, and then I like pointed at the screen, and I'm like, Kelsey, read that out loud. <laughs> like, does this sound stupid to you? Programmers putting in their notice almost every two weeks until they're all gone. By the end of the year, and this started at a, you know, probably in the summer, by the end of the year, the entire original programming team and the technical artist had quit. So if you're wondering why Xaviant won't roll the patches back or bring the old combat back, it's because all the people that made that brilliant, beautiful, fluid, amazing, awesome game have quit the fucking studio because the people are in charge are a bunch of fucking asses. That's fucking terrible. I have never heard anything like this. That's scary. That's scary. This stuff. is some like like what was it? Waystone, right? Waypoint. What? Wait, Waystone. Wait, Waystone for for Dawn or Dawngate. Yeah. Oh. The creative director wouldn't let people like do things or like put in feedback, and the game yeah. died. Yeah, it's the same situation. The culling. If if this is true, and there's no one left from the original team that did any of the actual programming for the game, game's dead. That's it. Game's dead. <laughs> I think that's the nature of small studios, though. You've got one guy who's got the most money. He's in charge. He's like, first, it's all about try a project, throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. And then finally, they get something that sticks. And he's like, whoa, 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 there's money in this, and it's my money to be made. So let me just fuck it up and take complete control when you should be trusting the people you hired. Right? Now, again, um, if, if this is real... Like, if this quote is to be believed, now, again, this should be just a rumor. I have confirmed that the person did work at Xaviant through other sources, um, but the quote is is undeniable. I mean, by the end of the year, the original programming team and the technical artist had quit. Yeah. Like, how is that even remotely possible? It makes sense now. Like, it puts a lot of things into perspective. Like, it makes sense as to why, like, things just keep going downhill because, you know, the original people are just trickling out more and more not to mention if you are a developer too you're worth a lot of money in a lot of places yeah so you can find run i mean like it's not uncommon for developers to and this is not just video games produce something launch it and be like bye bye i want to bring gone. up um if you wouldn't mind i'm going to go to the stream uh, steam charts sure um steam charts is a website it's a really cool website it basically tracks what games are popular in case you and your friends are like let's play an online game together let's see what's popular so we can get games and learn <laughs> you know how to play you know so i only play what other people are playing <laughs> let's go to steam charts well i don't want to buy a multiplayer game that's dead right right, right. that's true um this month is actually the first month ever that they've had a positive gain and it's because they released the biggest patch they've ever released it took them apparently months to make it it's also considered one of the worst patches they've ever put out it's getting pa people back into it because there's a new map but let me just uh let me throw this up here real quick so um this is the steam charts i guess people are talking about the culling or talking about steam charts whatever um but you'll notice they actually had average players i'm sorry i thought it was 12,000 the peak was 12,000 average players 4500 in march which means at any given time if you logged on there were 4500 people online and then the average players in December 2016 was 135. In just nine months, they have dropped 90 percent. <laughs> That's a reverse birth. What, what, what's their what's their what's the peak players in the last 30 days? 
the last 30 days, the peak players is exactly 1337. Wow. Get, uh, get it? Uh, it's uh, funny. Oh, the average okay. players as well is uh, 243 right now, which is almost double from last month, but still a horrible, terrible 5% shadow yeah. of the first month. When, and I don't know a single person that has like a background in esports, a background in commentary, a background in being a game reviewer, anything that would entice them to have an understanding of game design. I don't know a single person who would disagree with the fact that in the first month, the game was the best, and every single month there's been a patch, and every single month the game has gotten worse. Yeah. I mean, isn't the natural progression of players to just decrease over time? Not, not sure, necessarily. Right? 95%? Not, not no, not 95%. Yeah, that's fucking right, actually. Sorry. A, a good game like after the will, boot. A good game will just get better and get more consistent and will know what it's doing right and build on top of that and bring in new players. If, if people are really enjoying a game, they will not stop. I've been playing League of Legends for seven years now. And it, like, I haven't quit because it's just it's been a game that's been consistently getting better and consistently getting more enjoyable yeah. and giving me more experiences on top of the core experience that I always enjoyed. Mm. I think uh, maybe a more clear example is uh, Paragon. Since that big update, I haven't touched the game since it was an early beta and it was slow as shit. And they did this update. The wait, wait, hold on, update. hold on, hold on. But we need to really set precedent here. It wasn't that the game was slow as shit. It, that, it, it was one of the worst designed games I have ever played in my life. Okay, all right. It, it probably was, it was pretty fucking terrible. Okay. It looked very pretty. It looks very pretty. It looks gorgeous. But everything else about the game is just blah. It's the prom date to every like awkward main character that like gets the victory at the end of the awkward movie where nerds think they're really cool. <laughs> Did you just compare a game's design to like a fucking pimply uh nerd? No, to the date of the nerd. Oh, the uh, date of the nerd. Where he oh, wins wait. in the end and gets the pretty girl to go to prom with him, but then he finds out that there's no depth and it's the ugly girl oh, duckling oh, off to the side oh. that he's loved all along. Yeah. I, I, I was like, why wait. I went back to Smite. It's ugly as shit, but it has <laughs> depth. I was so confused by the metaphor because I was like, wait, he gets the hot girl. That's what you want. When you're like 15 in high school, all you want to do is nut. Like, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, my God, dude. But, but like, anyway. I think Paragon's a good example of like a studio that – a game that listens to its community, right? The gameplay changes are actually really fun. It plays like Smite now. I hate to say that Smite is good, Smite's but great. like – but it plays like Smite. You actually feel like you have control of your character. And they do more. They build upon that Smite formula. You've got elevation. You've got extra abilities. It's like you can kind of see the map because of the elevation. It's all... God damn it, chat is spamming nut because I made one joke. Uh, it, it is like a natural progression of the of that game right because they just listen to their community and their core fans are still there the ones who love it and they bring in new players like me like i was never a core player but like i played the hell out of it today and i'm i'm beyond impressed i think though um, you'll probably hit the same wall that i hit where i got to like level 12 or 13 as my account level and then you have to start deck building and oh, then fuck that it's just all metagaming. Okay, no, the deck is like, all right, you got like 40 card slots. You have to like pick your equipment, and then you have to put pieces inside that equipment. And then when you get them, you have to fill out the equipment with the three slots so that you get its like slot bonuses. And then like, if you're like me, you're a fucking idiot. You're like, oh, you unlock deck building like level six. And like, oh, I'll build a deck for the hero I want to play. And you forget that the fucking health potions and mana potions and yeah. wards cost deck slots. That is beyond stupid. Yeah, like, a lot of the time, I like things that have depth like that. Like, it makes it really, you know, you can personalize it the way you want. It's actually really cool. But the issue is, like, that's usually what is, like, one of the key driving forces behind the meta. And yes. meta is always changing. So 
you know, a, a deck I might have built, you know, uh, in January might not be viable in March. And I'll have to go through and change everything. And it, it, it gets more tedious. That's one of the reasons I haven't played Hearthstone in however long, because the meta is just constantly changing. And now can't with the decks up. I do have, I, I, I don't, I, I can't keep up. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's, I'm, I'm not going to win games because my deck is so, so old. You're not even allowed to use those decks in Hearthstone anymore. Unless you play, like, a specific game mode yeah. that allows, like, all Right, cards. but that's what I mean. Like, you have to switch everything up. I mean, the burden of knowledge... To be fair, though, that's Hearthstone. That's a card game. The whole game is built around cards and having new cards and stuff. But, like, when I play Paragon, that's an action game. That's like saying yeah. I really like steak and I really like cereal, right, and milk. But I, it doesn't mean I want cereal and milk on top of my steak. <laughs> just, like, separate yeah. them. I think the, the part of the problem is, too, it's just, like, it's not, like true deck building where it's like oh i'm gonna draw cards and there's like a curve to things it's just flat stats masked under a deck system honestly though I, i'm pretty it's sure i could put life cereal in a food processor <laughs> and i could okay. i could find a way to make a sauce with with, with milk yeah i mean you, oh my god it's kind of cream sauce you could do it it has cinnamon and it. it's cinnamon life Ugh, it's like puke it's like it's, puke. no i don't know just food processor oh god i've never been more grossed <laughs> Really? By that? I don't know. Like, he like had a McDonald's cup on his desk. Hey, but like, McDo- I was thirsty. Mc- McDonald's is fine. I think it's fine. Sorry, that's gonna fine too. That's gonna. I we're gonna make fine. Very mad. Wait a second. I just realized. I talked about milk steak. Charlie loves milk steak. What? What's milk steak? Milk steak from from always. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and white uh, people, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too, P. Yeah, me too, man. The fuck is he saying, yo? <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I think Xavian is probably the biggest offender when it comes to not listening to their community. Because literally every patch that comes out, it's like, hey, please revert combat back to where it used to be. All right, we heard your feedback. What we did is we changed combat completely, added this one item that breaks balance, and we added a whole bunch of new shit for you to buy. Yeah. I think that's the problem, though. And ultimately, maybe it's not I – mean, this is where we get off tilt about this, right? It's – it's a small studio for a mile. It's not a small game. studio. They have like 85 employees. They have like 20 employees. No, they have 20 people that work on the culling. Oh. To my knowledge, they have like well over 60, I, at least my, 60 people. At I guess, their peak, they had over 100. I'm not, even, I'm not even talking like company size at this point. I'm talking like community size. The game has no community. It's going to – it's burned out. But it's it gone. Used to. Like I'm saying like that's, that's the, like, the thing right now. We take this and we learn from it. We say like, okay – well, maybe you got to trust your people. That's a lesson for the studio heads. But there's also like a well, early access sucks. <laughs> like that's 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 not really getting off tilt, but it's like a lesson learned. You know what I'm saying? I mean, kind of. I'm I mean, trying to. Spin I think this, a lot of this so doesn't hard. come down. It, it just comes down to ego. I mean, I've had personal run-ins with these guys. Apparently, they uh, at the studio are, are very upset with me because I released two videos showing either an advanced tactic or a shitty tactic. I released a video, I think I showed you P-Bag, called the Pussyfoot. Mm-hmm. Excuse Back me? Back in the day, it's Pussyfooting. Oh, okay. Pussyfoot means to, like, sneak around. Oh! Like, I created a strategy in The Calling, which is supposed to be a game about killing each other. They have an announcer that, you know, sounds like an almost an old-timey radio guy that's like, wow, there's a new axe for you to chop your opponent's face off! You know, things like that. It's supposed to be almost like Hunger Games yeah. in the future where people are really excited about death. Mm. And uh, I made a video saying, like, hey... Movement speed is too strong, and healing is too strong. Look what you can do. And I was winning games by being the last person left alive without touching a single person. Zero damage dealt. And instead of, like, recognizing this and saying, like, hey, that's a pretty cool strategy, like, 
we kind of overlooked this and we're glad you found it so we can take care of it. Like a normal good studio would have said, they said nothing about it and took six patches to finally remove it. That's... Well, the, uh, two patches in, they basically got it because it was the one where they like made the gas go like around the center, but not all with, all the way in the center. So you couldn't just like chill on the gas. It took them like three months to fully get it. Hey, guys, stop. It's early access. They're allowed to make mistakes. I am. See, I'm 100 percent on board with that statement. They are allowed to make mistakes. But when the mistakes are shown to them and they choose to ignore them, they're being a bunch of fucks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, you know, I, I think I can actually untilt myself a little bit here. Okay. There is a game, or there is a game called Secrets of Grindia. It's an early access game, very similar to everything else we've been talking about for the most part. <laughs> and Smite's I found, an early access. Yeah, I mean, let's be serious. Yeah, I know. Um, I played that game, and the speed run was X amount of minutes. I was able to cut that speed run time in less than a half by basically doing a mechanic that they hadn't considered. You were able to attack, cancel something into a dash, and then dash, cancel something into an attack. So without, if you did the dash cancel fast enough, you wouldn't consume any mana. So I was able to repeatedly cancel my attack into itself over and over and over and over to times my attack by like eight. It was crazy. When I showed this online, I made a YouTube video about it. They were beside themselves with laughter. They thought it was so cool that someone had played their game enough to find something so ridiculous. They immediately patched it. They gave me credit in their patch notes and were like, he found this cool thing. I mean, we're taking it out because let's be serious. It's completely broken. But we love the fact that you guys are playing our game like this. And they like asked me a bunch of questions and feedback and stuff. Like That, to me, is a good studio. And that makes me really excited to play their game when they launch it. Or other games. I think that the thing, uh, the the real I guess the takeaway here is that like listen to your community. I can't think of an example. I can. Well, the, no, the, no, the no, issue no, no. is companies make these games like for example the calling for, just for money. It, well, not only that, but it gets super successful, and they think it's because they did something right, and they did. But ah. a lot of the time, it's like, oh well, we're we're doing something right. We clearly know what we're doing, so they don't keep in mind that you know people like what they like. It's not just what you're making; it's what people enjoy. Um, for me, I, think- I mean, that's Smite. I love Smite. And no matter how much they continue to fuck it up, I continue to play the game because I love it. Right. And this most recent PTS that we received, or public test server that we've received, has some of the worst design decisions I've ever seen. And the, the lead designer for the game, who was an extremely young person who was promoted, in my opinion, way too quickly to this position... Uh, what seems like a popularity base, and I, I can't imagine there's a merit base considering he doesn't he doesn't play the game. I mean, he does, but the entire game is balanced around one specific game mode, Conquest, and he doesn't play it. He plays it very rarely. Wait, what? Like he he has if if you were to take all of his games and put it in a pool, the main game mode he probably has like 25% of his games in it, and they do all the balancing based around this one game mode. Yeah, Brandon, we're supposed to get off tilt by the end of the episode. I, no, we're fucked now. This, this is actually this is actually, that's actually fucked. Can I play the, Can I play a clip? Uh, it wouldn't be recorded. It's, it's okay. I'm gonna play this clip real quick. Um, and I'll I'll do a little bit of transcribing so we can just edit that out in the end, and we'll we'll you know just mm-hmm. go through me transcribing afterwards. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you about a 19-second clip. This is Ajax, the lead designer for Smite. And there's a few things that I want you guys to take notice of, but I'm going to let you guys see it uh, in its entirety first. So, um, again, this is Ajax, lead designer of Smite, uh, Season 4. Sure. Question from chat. Okay, question again from chat. 
So here's my issue. Um, now I will, you know, just go through it really quickly so you guys understood what you saw. Again, lead designer of Smite, he is streaming specifically to get feedback on the PTS, on the public test server where he is currently streaming. And he was asked two questions that I think were pretty relevant. Number one, does he think that Jing Wei, one of the hunter characters in the game, is fine? Now, all of the pro players who play this character at a high level, and she had a ridiculous amount of playtime at the World Championships, far above what a normal character would have had, she got gutted. She lost a lot of things. And when all of these pro players were faced with these changes, every single one of them agreed, this character is dead, there's no reason to play her, and until she's buffed, I'm not even going to look in that general direction. Mm -hmm. When someone from chat had asked her, or asked Ajax, the lead designer of the game, is she okay? He, say, he said in kind of an annoyed tone, she's fine. And then anecdotally replied with, I played against someone today and she did fine. <laughs> he played against a random person in a public test server where it's impossible to understand the meta because everything has changed. And that one person does fine, so that's enough of an explanation for the people with whom I'm doing a question and answer segment. It's so bad. And hey, come on. He was, he was promoted too early. So then someone asks, do you think the minion AI or, you know, in some form is messed up? And he's just like, oh, oh my God, the minion AI is fine. He's and that so condescending. is that not only like, if you're going to do a Q&A segment and be annoyed at the questions from fans after you've changed the game from the ground up, but didn't address one of the biggest flaws the game has had since its initial beta release, which is minions acting very strangely. They don't have consistency in their behavior. Sometimes they drop aggro too soon. Sometimes they don't pick up aggro at all. Sometimes they run past players. Sometimes the minions will kill each other asymmetrically and force one player to come behind in the early game because they didn't get to lane fast enough. These kinds of things have plagued the game in an inconsistent manner in a way that doesn't feel fun. And instead of tackling these things, they you know, are creating a lot of skins or they're trying to change Jing Wei. I mean, there's a lot of fundamental issues with the game that are getting overlooked. And instead of responding to to this in, in a way because they said that they were going to fix the minions in season two and they didn't throughout the entirety of season three and now we're going into season four and all he's doing is being condescending and getting visually angry based on a question that he asked for that to me is unacceptable and now i'm even more tilted <laughs> okay well it's not even like he was able to rebuff these arguments with like other logic right and that's one of the things like opinions aside about this guy ghost crawler does a pretty good job of explaining why they do things he might be wrong but, yes, he, but he at least gives insight. Yeah, he gives insight, and he, they roll things back all the time. He's a guy who's a, not afraid to say, like, yeah, that patch sucked. We shouldn't have done that. But here's what we were thinking at the time, which is which should be the approach of any sensible developer. The arguable, most consistent, best character, character in the game, this character named Janice, has been in the game for many years now, and... After people realized how good he was, he was considered a top three character and has basically been there for his entire tenure within the game. Um, Ajax took data from casual games, which had a low win rate with an extremely high skill character. The skill cap on this character is limitless. I mean, his ceiling is absurd. And they said he doesn't perform well in casuals and he's not winning a majority of his games in high ranked games. So, and I quote, Janice is very bad. This is the person that's currently leading Smite, and I have a hard time with this because I play this game a lot. A big portion of my day-to-day -day career is streaming on Twitch, and 
a lot of my content has to do with this game. I was considered the lead analyst for the game. And if you go by viewership numbers and the people who come to hear my opinions, that hasn't changed. And my opinion has been Janice is overpowered and has been since the beginning and needs small nerfs. And he's telling me because casuals can't play the character at a high level because he's super high skill cap, he deserves to stay the same. By saying Janice is bad, he's kind of implying that they're going to buff him. Yeah. P-Bat, how do you feel about that? I mean, it, like I said, it, it's just it, it's companies not listening and it, it, it's not it's they're not listening to the right people. They're they're analyzing the wrong data. I mean, they should have I mean, they have people like you who are telling them very, very valuable things. People who have logged hours and hours into the game and are very good at it. Like me and you, I, I've tweeted at the calling multiple times saying you have people who love your game, have played your game and are insanely good at your game and know why your game is loved by a bunch of people will give you feedback, but they just don't listen to the right people. I I, I was I actually told them because I was living in Georgia right near their studio. I told them I would come in and for free help them design a spectator mode so that I could immediately start helping them run tournaments so the game would get bigger. And when they didn't answer me back and started patching the game, I went to high res and asked them to buy Xavian. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I held this. Dad, I, held a, I wanted. I held a meeting. I'm like, if you buy this game, I will lead this project. I will quit everything else. And I guarantee that we'll turn this into the biggest game the studio has. I mean, they kind of chuckled at me. Right. It's like, come on. Like, we have it at home. We have it at home. <laughs> <laughs> but like the idea was there. That's how much I love the culling is I asked my dad to go buy it for me. Right? Like, <laughs> I wanted this game to be successful, probably more than the people that work there, it, you know, given the history of them patching the game into oblivion. I, I don't think there's ever been an example of a, of a game studio listening to its community and it ruining the game. Like I can't, I can't think of that. I mean, it, the game might get worse, but if if people are happy and are playing it, then who the fuck cares? Yeah, exactly. How can you watch your numbers go like, down to five percent? Yeah, it's like people who like fucking mobile games. Who cares? It's shitty as long as they're happy. I love mobile games. I, I don't I understand really that. Do. That that fucking tilts me because I can't play a game for more than like three minutes on my phone, and they're all stupid, and they have like these stupid fucking gem systems just or something dumb. Tap. Okay. You know, we need to tap out of this one, too. Uh, we That was good. Yeah, that is good. That I'm was clean. The hell out of that was, that, that, that was, was the good. best thing you've said all that, episode. Oh. Are you fucking kidding me? I called fucking Hi-Rez Daddy. That's funny. <laughs> That's the best thing I've said all night. Uh, uh, all right, so we need to wrap this up here. Um, so let's get some final thoughts. What is the best way to handle when a game company does not listen to its community? Is, Play is, a different it, is, game. It, is this the hypothetical? or? <laughs> No, it's not the hypothetical. <laughs> if if I'm a game player and the company is showing a consistent sign of ignoring the community, I personally go play a different fucking game. See, I would love to say the same thing, but I'm just so I'm so stubborn and I'm too loyal for my own good. Like if I enjoy a game, I will hang on those like good memories and I'll just like keep playing it. Watch show the tattoo peabat. Hang on those good memories. Hey, what do you mean, on a prayer. <laughs> Come on, man. I, that game I, has I, sucked since 1994. So wait, no, 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 no. Sonic hasn't have... been good since Mortal Kombat 2. False. Sonic Unleashed was really good. Sonic right, Sonic was really Adventure good. was really good, and after that, the game was ass. Wait, you have a color tattoo? You're saying you're saying a color tattoo. He's got muscle man milk on his chest, dude. Oh. I always have muscle man milk on my chest and on my back. All right, well, don't show the camera your blue rat. We need to wrap this up. That is it for our first episode. Uh, we will not be having an episode next week because of PAX. Um, but we'll be following up in the next week, the yeah, two February, weeks. February 5th. And we should have a special guest on board. Um, more information on that soon to come. Brandon, what's the best way to find you on Twitter, right? No, what's your follow, Twitter handle? Follow, me, follow Brandon at JuiceDM, D-I-M. 
Oh, P bat at paper bat VG. That's a uh, capital B, lowercase p. Uh, <laughs> and follow me at Juice Matter. Uh, that just spelled like Juices Matter. I uh, thank you all for tuning in. This is Wait, Ian. is it actually spelled like that? <laughs> Wait, we, we, are you kidding me? You've never caught this? That's hilarious. <laughs>